Welcome to What Do You Believe? You're here because you're curious. I love asking people this question, what do you believe? We all believe in something. And perhaps you're asking yourself this question and you're here because you are curious, like me. Yanko Mylunovic, a former professional basketball player and now entrepreneur, is all about paying it forward by sharing the knowledge he has acquired in his spiritual journey and as an awoken entrepreneur. He currently runs Ethos, which is gently disrupting the uplifting lodging and communal spaces category. Join us as he shares his experiences and insights on the podcast. Thank you so much, Yanko, for joining me today. Hi, Andrea. My pleasure. Thank you for organizing this. Blessed to be part of the of your series. Thank you so much. Thank you. Um, so here we are. Um, you're in Mexico. I'm in New York. And uh, <laughs> I always begin. I'm so jealous that you're there. Um, but <laughs> not far. Not far, though. Not far. Flight. Not far, but um, I always start the conversation with the question, what do you believe? Yeah, it's, it's a question. It's quite a, quite a powerful one, I'd say. And there's so many ways to interpret that question. Um, and what comes first to my mind is more of the existence. Um, and I say that we're not the product of uh, our brain putting together picture, sound, and, and sensory inputs, and then perceiving it, and we're living it. I believe that consciousness is something that is attached to the brain, is an observer, and it's beyond brain. It's an energy that belongs to a field that we are part of. And, and it's, it's kind of a thing that it's hard to prove. It's called hard science. <laughs> and philosophers and scientists have been battling with it for thousands of years, nothing new. But I strongly believe that we are not just product of our brain. And, and I think that's very important because it sets a ground for a lot of other things, how I view things in life and especially the purpose, because I believe that we have a purpose in this life that is beyond just status, chasing status, ego, success, career. You know, there is a purpose that comes from the heart um, and there is that interconnectedness that comes from just observing the field we live in, from quantum physics, how we're connected to everything, how we're so exquisite, how the universe is so divine in its creation and order. And it helps us to get awakened to that purpose and get a little bit outside the constructs of society and things that are imposed on us and, and break free and chase things that really matter and fulfill us with love, with compassion out of our heart. So, that's what I believe in. That's beautiful. Thank you. You're what welcome. in this journey that you've, you know, in your lifetime, was there something that happened or was there an experience for you that was there a shift uh, into this realm of greater consciousness and awareness? That's a, that's a really good question. I've been trying to analyze it myself. I honestly, similar to growing businesses or products, there is no silver bullet. And like one thing happened and I completely changed. No, it's a series of events and discoveries. But I, I have two or three memorable ones. Um, one is, so I used to play basketball. And when I was a kid, it was everything in my life. That big passion, love for it. And I remember sitting on the side of the court and observing 
just how it looks like and thinking of the game, their rules. You move two steps, you got a dribble, you jump, there is a rim at a certain height, certain distance. And I start questioning everything. Why is it a rim? Why is it so big? Why two steps? Why this height? And I, I got lost. I got lost in losing sense. Everything lost sense. Nothing made any sense that we did walk our lives dribbling a ball and learning skills and the people are coming to stadiums and watching this and we devote everything we have and we entertain people and why on the greater scale of the universe in such a complexity are we doing this <laughs> why you know why are humans looking for a way to entertain themselves and that that point i remember i was terrified i was scared of getting into that point of nothing making sense and being in that uh, very wide space of looking at the universe from totally different perspective and trying to find its purpose um and and then i i think you know I, I was pretty young i'd say 11 12 and after that you know you entertain yourself with school with girls with parties with sports and over the time i started more um in, in my life i was just not happy with certain things happy with where i got with studies where i was with work especially when i achieved certain successes and I kind of climbed the steps i wanted to climb and then i started exploring more and, and the big awakening happened, actually, I, I'd say to this idea, um, somewhere around me moving from San Francisco to New York and uh, reading the book by Michael Singer, The Surrender Experiment, uh, which reminded me a lot of things. And it kind of put these things into perspective. And I literally closed the book and started questioning everything. I was always questioning, but now even more. And I started studying beyond just questioning. I started studying the answers and getting different perspectives and it took me in a totally different realm. Um, and one of the byproducts of going on that exploration and that down that path is um, finding more fulfillment um, in with the given the fact that we're not in control of anything yes. that is going to happen to us and anything around us. And I was in a great, I just got to say, I was in a great space even before that. For the uh, years before that, I kind of uh, went for some training um, when I was working in Sony 2010, um, and I got to this point of maintaining uh, a, a balance in life and, and becoming more and more tranquil uh, and more and more fulfilled. There's a lot of people that came to me when I was working with founders asking me to teach them, um, I don't know how they call it, uh, life coach or whatever. I was just sharing these things. I said, this is what works for me. It's the best practice. So I was in an amazing spot when I read Michael Singer, and I, it just... It was a springboard. It just launched me somewhere else. Um, and yeah, that's uh, that's the second kind of uh, pinnacle. And then it was also also at one point of time when I had an experience of um, uh, with ayahuasca, the ancient medicine, mm -hmm. and that gave again totally new dimension to everything and put things into perspective. So things started connecting <laughs> everything from wow. science to work to personal experience to emotions, and I got this. Um, sense of understanding, uh, I'd say a, a little bit of bigger picture and seeing forest for the trees. And I'm talking about life. Um, and that brought me in a pace of peace and, and, and studying a lot of, um, I'd say Buddhism in last uh, year and a half or two years. Mm -hmm. um, and it also ties into everything. Everything ties into life. It's the same. It's just a different, I'd say, I'd say for people not to get offended, it's a little bit of different angle and interpretation of the same core uh, existence or belief. Right. Wow. So it, it, your examining of life really brought you into a different space. You were already at that point, that's a huge growth spurt, right? To examine yes. one's life and examine the why. 
why this, why that? So that in itself was, you know, a lesson right there because we have to examine, right? We have to look look at what's going on and, and, and try to make sense of it. But really there is no making sense of it. It's, it's just being, I feel, I mean, I believe, I guess it's, things are the way they are and you just have to be still in that moment and just accept it for what it is. And, and I'm wondering how, what was the point where, I mean, did, you know, how, what was your experience with this exactly? If, if you had that moment. First of all, I got chills from your description, which is really powerful. <laughs> in, exactly. I mean, at the end of the day, just to tie into that, we can't influence if, if it's going to be sunny or rainy. We can't influence if a person that is going to walk to us is going to say something beautiful or offending to say so, right? Something that is going to get us out of our space. We can, the only thing we can do is choose how we're going to interpret. And, you know, and that's number one. And number two is also we know that nothing's, everything's changing. Nothing's forever. Uh, that, that concept that comes from Buddhism, that things are in constant change. We got to accept that. And it's a scary place to go, as you said, and ask why, um, especially when we dedicated years of our lives to education. You know, uh, I have a friend, she's a, she's, a, she's a medical doctor, an exceptional student. You know, it took years and years and years to get to the point where she's at and, and she's been building a successful career and we were talking and she said, listen, I'm thinking about dropping this career and going devoting myself to some totally different calling that I discovered that fulfills me more in different lifestyle. And she's almost a cousin, so I tell my mom about it she's like she's she crazy you know she invested 25 years of her life right. and that's the point is we are considered crazy if you start examining and asking why because it, it brings us to as you said the constant unknown it's ambiguity that you're living and you gotta embrace it and be 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 peaceful with the fact that you don't know um and uh for chaos, me right be peaceful in the chaos be peaceful in the chaos. Yeah, the, the, the eye of the hurricane, right? In the right. middle, it's, it's everything around you is moving, but in the middle, you're fine. And, and even if you're not, so what? If you go down, that's one of the things that for me, and I used to do that a lot before, but then I started doing it even more. You go and run every scenario possible. I used to prepare like that for meetings, uh, for my days, for my weeks. And, you know, you go and talk to a person and you run scenarios of asking questions, they're answering. And, and you can do that for anything like uh, anything that is a fear. And we have so many fears. We got to admit that we have so many fears, fear of moving from New York to Mexico, right? And so, and then you go and go down all the possible, you know, uh, options. And and people would say, I'm afraid of flying because plane might crash. Well, if you look at that way, the car might crash. There's so many things that might crash on your head while you're walking down the street. So you got to accept that we all got to die. Nobody's going to avoid that point. And death is not something to be afraid of. It's a transition. It's something we got to embrace and not making a taboo, but the more we embodied it, the, the more we're going to be in peace with it. And it's going to be a life. Uh, we're going to live more fulfilled life because we, we're going to be able to be more present because when these thoughts come, we want, we want like throw them away. We want play music. We won't get ourselves entertained, but we'll just live them. And that's also part of living. And that's one of the things that I started doing is uh, uh, in, in that examination, I started embodying feelings. Mm. I stopped I stop pushing them away. Feeling of, you know, in work there is stress or or whatever else comes from it, or uh, sadness. You know, all these things. It's not about not feeling; it's about feeling as much as you can. Yeah. And and yeah, feeling it like strongly because that's life. If we weren't sad and being able to be sad, we wouldn't be able to be happy. It's yeah. it's kind of yin and yang. 
and, uh, and, and being said about things that means that you care about things. It means that you have things to care about. It means that you probably love somebody or something and you're able to love. If you're able to love means you're alive. So you're alive at the end of the day. Wow. Yeah. See, I just got chills because I was thinking and you're alive as I'm thinking it, you're saying it. So there you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's true. It's so true. You know, through all of this spiritual work, I, I always, because this is something that that I'm examining now as as a podcaster and you know as a as a coach. You know, when you have these spiritual kind of awakenings in life, um, you know, you you often think, well, okay, this is great, and I have this knowledge, and I know all this amazing stuff. How am I going to apply it? to opening a business. So you're a businessman, you're a very successful businessman, you do incredible things, and we're gonna get into all that you do. And I'm just wondering, how do you balance being this very awakened person and then applying it to you know your everyday having to be a high functioning person in business? Because it's not just like one or the other, you know, and I think sometimes people can say, well, I, okay, I know all this now. Now, how am I going to create the world that I want to live in where I can actually take care of myself and live and make money and do all the things that I want to do on a high functioning level and yet yeah. still be that person and all the amazing things that you said, where do they meet? Yeah. So it's a really good question, actually. And uh, I, before, uh, what I discovered before at one point in time in my career is pursuing career is not the right path. It's, it's as my friend would call it, he calls it um, first mountain. We climb first mountain that as an end goal has um, clinging on to a success, material success, uh, power, recognition, you know, anything of this monetary reward all these statuses related to ego and persona recognition. And we don't even need to climb the mountain to see the peak and understand that's not, that's not what drives us in life. That's not what's going to bring us the fulfillment at the end of the journey um, or throughout the journey. And then you start climbing second and second mountain is um, the way I describe it is hearing your heart and living your purpose. And that's number one in, in all this awakening to call. So, even before things happen, or maybe in parallel, I don't even remember anymore, is that I started doing things that are driven by mission and by why. And that's the most important thing for me. And everything else that comes as a byproduct of it might be monetary success, might be any kind of recognition, you know, it is welcomed and I'll try and use it for my, uh, in, in the best way to help as many people as I can, you know, all the beings out there and sharing with the collective and not just for myself. It's something that comes out of doing things greatly and you know following your heart but but the, the truth is also that it's it's very difficult to balance things out um i was speaking uh, i was working with a lama um, uh, so it's, it's uh, in buddhism it's kind of guru a person who has a lot of knowledge and um, he's done uh, he, he's a monk and they do this monk retreats that last three years three three months and three days in isolation right he's done four of it <laughs> So, so I asked him, um, you know, didn't you felt you're going to miss out on life and things while you were there for three months, three years and three days? And he said, no, 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 it's actually the opposite. We've been, we feel liberated. 
from all the distractions. By, and, and we feel um, excited about being able to devote ourselves to ourselves and exploring our own mind. And so it's when, when, this, when this awakening happened, the noise stays there, we tend to run away from it because it's not easy. It's not easy. You, you constantly need to bring yourself to balance. There are distractions, there is traffic, there is work, there is pay apartment, you know, there's, there's doing, right? What they call 3D world. And the other one is like esoteric, we're high flying, we have these big ideas, we think we're in, in, in somewhere of, you know, a balanced life and, and tranquility in mind, but not in real life. So bringing those two together, I think that's a mission in life. That's our learning that we can, or teaching of life is how do you merge the two together? How do you keep the tranquility, compassion and loving for everything you do? And a lot of these things, I, I just to give you like very practical stuff. I started, for instance, appreciating everything, being very grateful for investors even opening my email, you know, or just taking a meeting, uh, appreciating and, and being grateful and expressing it to myself at least. Every time I go and meet a person, even though the meeting did not succeed, you know, in New York, appreciating that I can bicycle, we were staying in, um, doesn't really matter, in part of New York, and then we're going there up to the city, into the office, you know, we put our shirts because these guys sit in these big buildings, they're real estate owners, and then we go back and we buy kind of bicycle. So I was appreciating uh, the, the moment and being in the moment. And in that moment, I was trying to be my best. And that's always, you know, thinking, saying, and doing out of love and with compassion in everything I do and accepting that I can't control uh, all of these things that I'm trying to put up. So I have an expectation, but I don't attach myself to an outcome. And doesn't and, that actually calm you down from being nervous? I mean, I don't know if you even get nervous, completely, but sometimes. Completely, completely, yeah, yeah, yeah completely. It, it makes, makes things easier, but it also makes you easier to pivot, I'd say, and yeah. change. Mm -hmm. uh, you become more uh, determined and less stubborn. Well, stubbornness is, you know, somebody's telling you, but you're not listening. And determined is you're very focused, same as a stubborn guy, but you will take into account what you hear and then consider steering, changing. And right. it, became, it makes you more determined and more like, why am I doing this? You keep on asking yourself why, more tranquil, um, just feeling better, flowing, I'd say. Flowing. But it's a constant practice. It's not like it clicked. <laughs> it can be daily. It can be 10 times a day. It can be weekly, depending on the time, right. how we wake up. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. How we wake up, what's going on, the news that we happen to, you know, right now there's so much going on in the world and getting oh, yes. alerts on your phone, shut your alerts off because that, that's the surefire way to put you in a very negative and worrisome mindset, right? 100%. Yeah. 100%. So how, how do you, so in your business, how do you cut through all the noise of, you know, brands and claiming to be authentic and experiential and, yeah. you know, in a world where there's like so much noise of, of, of all these brands and, and, and experiences, Talk, talk, talk to us about that. I'm curious, you know, how yeah. you differentiate what you're doing. Yes, I mean, it's at the end of the day, brand is a construct of a company, and company is just an entity 
name on a piece of paper. You know, group of people got together, they made it legal and they call it Nike. And then they think of ways how Nike communicates to the audience, right? It's just a group of people, very smart people though, in a lot of scenarios, they have a lot of stats, they know psychology people, they know what people need, they want authenticity, they want personal connections. So they create it as a part of the brand. And you can't really go much about it, right? You can just let people experience it and, and see whatever comes out of it. But in our case, when we're such a small company, the expression of a brand is our own expression. It, it's literally, it's manifestation of what we do, how we think, what are we into, what do we want to promote, values, principle, style even. So that how we cut through it or how we differentiate or how we communicate is just being ourselves, very authentic ourselves. We first, I mean, my business, part of it is very, very new because we made this, we spent out a product uh, in April and we launched it and we had two projects in May and July and, and we were there you know, hands-on with the people, talking, being, executing. It's important to learn sales so you could do marketing later. So you got to be there on ground and help. And in it, it's the brand came from us. And then the values of the brand now that we're creating and people that we're bringing to help us promote and take a brand forward, we are, we are also inviting them all the time to join us on these retreats, to come and meet the people, to live it. And practically, they become the brand ambassadors they're also the member. They're the member of the team and they're the brand too. Um, and so that's how we do it. We just add more authenticity in every step. Every person adds a part of themselves to this brand communication. And it's not something we own. It's something we brought together and we're just, uh, we're just on the same mission here, you know, driven by same vision and we express it in different ways. Mm, incredible. Well, take, take us through an experience um, with your company. Yes. Uh, so, so what we've seen uh, it's in midst of crisis. I left New York, uh, went to a North Carolina with a group of friends, rented a house, um, and we had this tremendous experience. Like I'd say, revitalizing even from a normal life in New York. Because one of the friends is he's a, a sound healing practitioner, so we had a whole setup for for sound meditations. He's a yoga teacher. He's a personal trainer. The other guy play, plays a violin. He's a qigong practitioner so we had this whole like i'd say you know we wake up we cook fresh food we go for walks we work out hikes we do sound meditations we do qigong it was a tremendous life and, and and we were able to work remotely from that place and i was seeing people stuck in the cities you know and being isolated everything we came to city for ceased to exist so the experience that we offer to people is to move their live work place from the city into the nature and be part of a community where there is this mind and body wellness we organize for them so they can plug into all, all these things that can help them to connect with themselves, feel better. We, we have food provided, everything's provided. All you need to do is live out of this place and work. Um, and it's all under the umbrella of conscious community and conscious living where we help to bring a little bit of education of things we just talked about. And, and it comes from science and physics and biology. Uh, we did it with individuals twice. So people literally left uh, mostly New York and some some from California. They came to Maine. We had this 100-acre property on a lake in a forest. And it was 10, 12 at some point of time, people living together in a community, community-style living for a month. Uh, we wanted to stay for longer. Um, a lot of people, their life got changed after that positively. Some of them bought farms. <laughs> Started considering, change, uh, started considering moving out of city, changed jobs, changed careers, 
they revitalized. Uh, we did the same thing on a beach in Tulum in a jungle. That was phenomenal. And now going forward, the experience is just is we see that this, this product is much needed with uh, not just uh, creators and founders, which we targeted first, but everybody. And 95% of people working workforce out there are, are employees to a company. So we want companies to pay for their travel. We want Twitters of the world to create these campuses out in nature, which is a hybrid in between the office and future work. And so their employees, if Andrea is working for Twitter, they'd say, oh, you can spend up to two months a year in any of Twitter campuses, Alaska, Colorado, you know, Arizona, California, yeah. and you go there and plug in, right? And, yeah. and we, by that, just the, the vibration of nature, changing of setting and environment, this food we, we cater for you to, to, to awake certain feelings, that, you know, the body, body and mind wellness, and this deep human connection. We literally just facilitate surroundings for people to talk on certain topics yeah. where they can express themselves, go deep, and have that, have that connection, which we usually miss out because we just talk surface things, you know, small talks. And then companies can add anything. They want to do team building. They want to do any kind of sessions. It's amazing. For us, the core uh, reason for doing it is to help people revitalize, connect with themselves, and promote conscious living. Oh, my God. I'm, where do I sign up? This is great. <laughs> I'm, I'm booking my ticket immediately. Um, that sounds wonderful. So when, when, you're, when you're thinking about the next retreat or i mean what what do you call do you call it a retreat or do, what's the we're no. trying not to use the word retreat to be honest yeah tell me so yeah. tell me what tell we're, me. we're calling we we're call, so the product is called ethos remote and we're calling it we're calling it uh remote campuses remote so we help yeah we help companies set up remote campus live work campus right and um and uh what was the other question no, I was just thinking, I was thinking, what do you look for in a space when, ah, when oh, you- Oh, yeah. Spaces are really important. There's, there's a list of things we need to have, like very stupid, simple things like Wi-Fi, uh, table, comfortable chair, indoor AC space, uh, I don't know, so and so forth, private rooms. Um, and, uh, but there's, the, the, the other important thing is actually the location of a property, look and feel, so the design aesthetics, surroundings, and owners. It's very important because we work with people at the end of the day. We don't work with the walls. <laughs> and it's very important that people we work with are aligned and they, they want to serve the same purpose. A lot of hotels have been suffering a lot of, not just hotels, let's call them hospitality concepts, lodging, resorts, yes. retreats. And we can be an alley for them to drive business, but we're not, we're looking to work with the ones that have a persona they're authentic they have uh you know a flavor and they care uh so that's the most important because any of the it's most important the most important is who you're working with and locations are predominantly in the nature in the vicinity of metropolitan cities so people can drive to there and safer than flying Very um yes. yep and it's a little bit detached might be fully detached but a little bit detached but enough that when you walk out you see blue skies Mm. and you feel nature and you can walk around nature. that's the most important thing it's not streets it's not buzzing it's not cars it's not vibration of wi-fi's uh concrete jungle trucks and all the other noise we get from the police cars and ambulance all the time in new york oh my god this is it's brilliant it's so brilliant so what who has inspired you in, i'm curious um in your life who who are your biggest inspirations 
<laughs> I, you know, that, that, that question, it's kind of depending on where you're, where you're at in your life. When you were younger, I was a big fan of Michael Jordan and everything he does because I was also playing sports, obviously. Sure. Um, <laughs> oh, what, I love, I mean, the, the series that came out, the docu-series, is just so oh, great. Wow, yeah, yeah, yeah. Beyond real, right? And oh, he's, so great. Uh, he's one of the idols, I'd say, as a kid. Um, who inspired me a lot? Um, I, I don't have one person to say so. I, I was inspired more by these understandings, mm. uh, discoveries. I get inspired every time I dig into anything about the space and the universe, quantum physics as well. It's, it's such a mysterious topic, uh, consciousness as well. It gets me so inspired because it shows it, it kind of like, you know, we live life and we're, imagine we're in an apartment. So it's two bedroom apartment, move around have a balcony. Out of, out of a sudden, somebody puts down all the walls. There's, there's a city out there, you know, and you're able to see the city. And then more you dig into it, it's like you see a whole planet and then you see beyond planet, you see this whole star and you're like, wow. Yeah. So that inspires me a lot. And there's a lot of scientists uh, that are doing a little bit of unconventional physics, mathematics and research that I'm inspired by their work follow them, Resonance Institute being one of them. Um, I'd warmly recommend everybody to, to check them out um, and so on and so forth. Um, and uh, yeah, that's, that's about it. Amazing, amazing. So what is your, I don't wanna say prediction, but what do you believe will happen this coming year in 2021? 2021. I honestly think that, um, I, the more I observe us as humans and behaviors, which is really important in strategy and marketing, I used to do it a lot, you know, understanding this behavior, um, consumer behavior, human behavior. We are, we, are, we are really afraid to face the facts and changes. And what COVID did, it changed the way we live. And talking to a lot of people, they're craving, when is the nightclub going to open again? When is this going to come back to being normal? You know, what is normal? And, and, you know, six months ago when we were talking about saying second wave is coming, it's statistics. You just read it. You, you get a little bit educated. You look at numbers. You don't need any prediction. You'll understand yourself. This will come in waves. If a vaccine comes, it won't go away. And economies will be affected. You won't be able to travel as much. And, and people just don't want to face it. You know, uh, it's, it's hard for them to face it. So I think and I hope that 2021 will bring a little bit more of uh, courage to face the reality and um, an initiative for people to change. They change their lifestyles, maybe leave the cities, hopefully start growing their own food, uh, awaken to the fact that we need to start doing initiatives in our life that they bring to sustainability of life, of planet, um, and ourselves. You know, the, we are, uh, the US is so affected by COVID because uh, so much of population has uh, weak health right? Immune system, obesity, and all the other diseases, they come from just us not paying attention to ourselves. So this immune system, if it was to be changed, we can fight off a lot of illnesses and COVID might be just number one what we are opening in the future. So I'm hoping that 2021 will bring to that awakening of us needing to take care of ourselves, our mind, our body, what we eat, and, and ourselves also means our environment. I really hope that some of these initiatives will start rolling out and they are and I'm so excited so I think it's a year of changes for the mother earth and the planet and then humans will follow hopefully 
the majority of them. Yes. Uh, yeah, I, I hope so too. I, I mean, you know, I think it's wonderful for people to, to, to find their way and move outside of the cities, but I also hope that the cities will find a way to thrive as well. Um, yes. In, in some way, because uh, we definitely, you know, being in, being in Brooklyn and seeing, seeing the cities, it's, 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 it can be quite, it's, that's a big change to see the way it, it is. is right now. But um, yes, I believe that we incorporating nature in your day in some way, um, yes. in, you know, is, is so important because, you know, I mean, I, I know for myself during, during this time and during quarantine when, when I, you know, when we were staying at home, um, I was doing my best to get in touch with nature more. And it, it did, it really helped my soul. It, it, it certainly grounded me, even though it was chaos and more meditation, eating healthy, you know, connection on a different level with friends and family. Um, so, so in a way, yes, that was a big gift. Um, but, but hopefully I'll get to come and visit you in Mexico. <laughs> Please do, please do, yeah. Experience your wonderful, uh, you know, your your work and what you do because I, I believe in it and I think you're amazing. And thank you for doing what you do. It's really thank wonderful. You. Likewise, thank you for helping us to talk about these topics and bring it out there to people and, and sharing. It's all about sharing what we know and what we understand as much as we do and trying to learn from one another, inspire one another, share the passion. So I uh, thank you for doing that because it's so important to have these portals uh, and uh, kind of platforms, sorry, platforms yeah. for sharing the knowledge and um, happy to be part of it. I'm very, very grateful for the opportunity to share. Thank you. But you're right to your point. You know, when you have knowledge, it's everyone's responsibility. If you have that knowledge, like you said, to share it. Yes, exactly. That's what I always say. There are things that really touch us in our lives. Mm. we consider them as breakthrough moments, kind of pinnacles or whatever. Uh, and, and it's who are we not to share and talk about it, you know? Um, and I think it's our responsibility to take it to the world and be, everybody needs to take responsibility of a leader. I know that everybody, not everybody wants it. So, but the more you are doing yourself uh, better, for yourself in any way, you know, the more responsibility you carry to bring that light to the world. Um, and yeah, and I've learned that when I was living in Bali for a little bit, I don't know if you have time, but have, they have this it's amazing culture and they have these poles in front of houses. People who probably saw them and then each family is responsible to have this like a long sock and they dress this pole and it has this, uh, it looks like a chandelier hanging on top of the street and, and they use in celebration to drive under these and they're so beautiful. And then I was asking for the meaning and they said, uh, one of the interpretation is that no matter how high you climb in your life, there's so many people, even you're not being aware, kind of dead bodies that helped you to get there, people that pushed you or did certain things so you'd be able to step certain, certain steps and get that high, don't forget to look down to some that have less um, and that know less, that have less accessibility. And I think that's also an acquiring of knowledge because that's the wealth, the wisdom share it you know if you learn and you got there and you understood and you kind of got enlightened in any way you think you did yeah. come back 
And because it's not about you, it's not I, it's and I. It's the whole system. And it's all about gifting and sharing and, and helping everybody to get to the same point, unselfishly, unconditionally. It's so true because the I is really, it's the ego. It's, it's, it's you're being yeah. selfish when you say I. It's like when you said and I, it's and, and all of us, right? Exactly. All of us together as a collective sharing. And um, yeah, I mean, um, it's true. It's, uh, it's, we could, I mean, we'll have to do a part two to this because uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's been amazing. Well, Thank you so much. You're a wonderful spirit and energy, and I feel it through the Zoom. Thank you. <laughs> Likewise. Thank you so much, Andrea, for everything. Very glad we connected. We'll keep in touch, and I'll see you in Mexico soon. Thank you for listening to today's episode of What Do You Believe? Please remember to subscribe to the podcast on Apple or Spotify. We very much appreciate your continued support. Thank you. Thank you.